So you're ready to start microdosing magic mushrooms. You've done your research, listened to podcasts, done a lot of reading, spoke to your friends, and you're set to go. You run it by your doctor, and he or she says, no, 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 don't do that. What do you do? We're going to talk about that right now. Hey there, I'm Dr. Dave. Welcome back. Microdose you. I really appreciate you being here. And I'd like to welcome my very good friend, Dr. Denise Moret, who is a doctor of psychology in the state of New York. We're going to talk about this very subject. How are you doing there, Denise? Welcome. Hi, Dave. Great. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure. So, um, doctor, this has happened to several people that I've talked to recently. And, and not only that, happened to me uh, a, a short time ago with my with my primary care doc not my mental health care doc but my primary care doc and she said pretty much no um i'm a little concerned that you're using magic mushrooms you should not so let's just say you're 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 one of those people that is excited to get started and you're you become honest with your doctor. Now, a lot of people don't really, they, they keep a lot of information from their doctor, which I personally don't think is a great idea. I mean, you, I think you should be very forthright, transparent, and honest with doctors because they need to know everything you're doing, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And they need to know and they shouldn't really judge what you're doing. But suppose somebody came up to you and said, doctor, I, I ran this by my primary care doc and he or she said, no, I, I, I shouldn't be doing this. What, what's your answer? What do, what do you, how do you, do you say, do you agree and say, okay, you know, they're right. Don't do it. Don't microdose. Don't improve your life for the better. Don't, we don't want you to do that. I mean, how do you handle it? <laughs> Sorry to laugh. I mean, it, like, of course I wouldn't say don't, don't improve your life for the better. So yeah, if, um, if, if a person told me that I would ask, I'd start asking questions. Oh, um, well, did, did the doctor say why? What, what's going on? Um, you know, it, when people ask me the question, what if my doctor says, no, I, my flip quick sarcastic answer is find a different doctor. That's not really my full answer. Um, so for me, and I think, you know, what we're seeing in the research and in real world data is that why would somebody not microdose or why would a doctor recommend against it? I would ask about what, what did your doctor say? So whether it's the person speaking directly to their doctor or me speaking to another patient or a friend or family member, I'd say, well, tell me, what did your doctor say? And then we go from there. So that's a really good point. So the most important thing is to, is to say to your doc and say it, you know, respectfully say, well, could you please tell me why? Because I've heard so many good things okay, they may not be legal, but other than legality, I'm willing to take that risk, other than le the legality, the legal issue, tell, please tell me why I shouldn't be doing this. And, and so, um, Denise, I did ask my doc, and I think I did, I think I may have done an episode about this um, a short time ago, but I did ask my doc, and, and let me back up for a second, because my doc, my primary care doc, I really love her, and she's really good, and she's helped me with a lot of stuff, and she's just really super knowledgeable, and I love her. So, um, some people might say, um, and I know you're joking around, like find a new doctor, but that's for me, that's not on the cards because I really, 
love and respect my doc and she's she's helped me immensely over over since i've been with her over the past few years here in salt lake city but i did ask her that question and um i i could tell she didn't really know exactly the answer so her first blush answer to me is, well you know these are psychedelic drugs and i said yes but she really couldn't take it much further other than she said something in addition to that which she didn't say good or bad she said well you know these are psychedelics and then she said well i'm just concerned that using something like this is a she didn't might not have used the word gateway but she you know they could it could lead to it could lead to different drugs and i just said well you know i, I have no problem with that there's that's not in the cars for me and so thank you she really but she couldn't come up with any other reason so i took that as almost took that as a yes because those two reasons are are um, invalid for me so i get that i get the the history in our world and our profession medical doctors mental health psychology certainly in my profession i've said this in prior four uh, podcasts um you know, that ironically, the roots of the psychedelic assisted therapy are in the uh, beginnings of my profession. So that, that's just ironic. Um, and, and yet we know that they became schedule one drugs, even though that's not accurate. They're not dangerous. They have amazing medical benefits. And it's this, the psychedelic nature of them that actually is healing and rewiring. And um the microdose works around the trip. It's subperceptible, as we know, which is particularly attractive for someone who does not want to have any experience or have to take the day off. So it's healing and it's uh, extremely safe. So to, to get back to any doctor, I, I want to know, well, why are they saying that? And if it's that they just, that they're like, they're psychedelics, it's against the law, so that, that, that's good information. Then um, to, to give you a, a bit of a barometer that the doctor may not have done a lot of research, which is understandable. That's, I've said it before, that the medical profession doctors themselves have to be re rewired. We're accustomed to say no to drugs, it's illegal. And so it makes sense, except that it's actually not true. And the, with the legality, factor. There's a lot of psychedelic assisted therapies going on all over the place. There are uh, profound ways that you can legally get into um, retreats or clinics that are starting to pop up. It's, it's slow coming, but it, that's there. So now that I'm thinking back when she said to me, well, you know, these are psychedelics. My answer should have been, yeah, perfect. Thank you for telling me. That. I'm glad. But mm -hmm. but um, all kidding aside, though, um, at that point, I knew that I knew more about psychedelics than, you know, about about uh, psychedelic drugs for um, uh, rewiring your brain. I knew more than she does. And and again, this is not a, a diss on her whatsoever. She's a wonderful doctor and she knows so much. But I guess I guess the doctors, especially since this is something more, I guess, new, um, I, I don't expect them to know every single thing. So her answer, I kind of took with a grain of salt. It didn't it did not upset me at all. Um, I just realized that, okay, I, she doesn't really know all that much about this and, and it's working for me wonderfully. And there's, and there's no way, um, because a doctor would tell me, um, you know, to stop because they're psychedelics, that's not going to do it. If she would have said, 
there's just not enough research. There's not enough research to know whether these things have any kind of long-term effects. Then it becomes up to me to say, okay, I realized maybe there's not a lot of research and maybe we don't know what's going to happen 30 years down the road. But um, especially at my age, I'm willing to take that risk because they work so well now. And I'm willing to take a slight risk, which I don't think there really is any anyway, because let's face it, these have been used for... Uh, 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 tens of thousands of years, and we just don't know of anything that really is is bad about them. At least I don't. Um, but anyway, Denise, that brings up another point, though, um, sh- because I've read a lot of what our, some of our listeners have have said in um, in Facebook groups and forums and other comments. Some people say, "Well, it's just best not to tell your doctor. Just don't worry about it. Just don't tell them and do your thing." Is it best to tell a doctor or not that you're that you're either microdosing or considering microdosing? I would I would say yes. The simple answer is yes. I think it's best, like you've already said, to be honest with your doctor. If someone's concerned, um, you might ask, "Hey, by the way, um, what's your thoughts? Have you been you know up to date on all the literature?" This is the patient talking to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, have Have you? What's your opinion? Have you heard, all, you know, about microdosing and psilocybin and various uh, psychedelics? You know, have you read all of this? It's been so in the in the news, mainstream, Netflix. You know, as we know, written about and very widely used. So I would say to my doctor, oh, I wanted to bring, you know, I wanted to ask you, what's your opinion? So you sort of put your toe in the water a little bit to see, um, you know, how. And so if the doctor says, yeah, that's a bunch of you know, that's terrible, it's dangerous, I can't believe that, that's a, that's a bit of a barometer. I, I personally would say to my doctor that that's interesting, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, or I'm actually microdosing, and, you know, there's so much, I, because I'm an honest person, I'm not worried about, um, about that. So I, I, I've not heard of, but maybe someone in, you know, that's listening to this podcast, I, I don't know that a doctor would say, that's it, you can no longer be a patient of mine. If you're going to do that, and um, you know, doctors may feel like they're taking on some risk if they know a patient's doing something. I'm not really sure. I remember years ago when my child was little, and the pediatricians were kicking people out of their practice if they weren't vaccinated. You cannot come to this practice as a patient, a child, and receive my pediatric services if you're not fully vaccinated. And so you know, it really created a, a bit of an issue. People had to find doctors that were okay with whatever. So I, I haven't yet heard, I'd be curious if that's kind of going on, um, you know, around, but I, I can't imagine why there would, other than that, be a reason not to be honest with your doctor. Um, and yet I understand some people are very like, if my doctor says it's not okay, I'm not going to do something. And they follow, you know, they, to the letter of what their doctor says. And, and that can be it can be helpful, but it can be mostly, I think, limiting. I think it's always good to be honest and transparent with your doctor because they're 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 responsible for your care, your health. And I mean, look, we're responsible as much as they are, but they're still responsible. That they're they're guiding us. So if we're leaving anything out, it, they just don't have the whole story. It's, be honest. It, they're not going to they're not like they're not going to kick you out of the practice. They're going to try to help guide you. And this is, I think, the psychedelics are the same thing. The um, microdosing is like, I have always, whenever I've gone to a doctor 
for as long as I can remember, and if there's a question on the intake form, it's this, this question is always there. And I'd love to know like what our listeners, um, how they handle this one. But um, there's a question always there that says, do you use um, recreational drugs? Or it, sometimes it's phrased differently. It could be illegal drugs or something like that. And I always, I always say yes. Now, I, I do explain that I'm not using uh, uh, meth or anything, but, but yeah, but I do enjoy cannabis for both sometimes recreational, but more of a, um, for, for, for health reasons. I, I do enjoy cannabis and, and I, I do microdose and I, I will put that down. And it's funny, but in the past before microdosing, I would always put down yes. And nine times out of 10, they would never even refer back to it and ask me that. I just wonder even if they even read it. The bottom line is I always am forthright with what I tell my doctor. I, I don't try to hide anything. It just, it, there's no reason to, it's not worth it. Especially if you're going to a doctor um, beyond just checking in with your doctor and, you know, an annual or uh, semi-annual exam, if they're treating you for something, if they're aware that you have, um, you know, some cardiac issue or blood pressure or something, it, it is important to discuss important what you're though. doing, everything you're doing, you know, what do you eat? What's your exercise level? What else, you know, are you doing? And here in New York, that, that form had to be changed because these, these substances aren't illegal any like cannabis is legal. So, you know, now the, the, the questions are different. The questions are, well, what other, what plant medicines are you consuming? You know, cause it's not, it's not illegal any longer if you're uh, 21 and over. It's, it's so funny. I, okay, I remember when I was in dental school, so this goes back to the very late 70s, um, we still, we, my, my um, dental colleagues and I still kid around with about this. There's a question. So if somebody wanted to come into the clinic to have to be treated by a dental student, um, there was this, you know, an intake form they had to fill out. And on that intake form, was a, there was one question in particular. Do you use marijuana? heroin or similar drugs <laughs> like marijuana heroin or marijuana, similar heroin heroin yeah yeah and you know we, we we addressed this uh all kidding aside this came up i think in a, a podcast or two ago about the uh being honest with your doctor so as a medical provider if someone tells me they're doing heroin it's a confidential relationship. I work with people that are, you know, not so much anymore, but used to in earlier in my career in training when I did a lot of hospital and uh, clinic work, I was treating heroin addicts and um, we knew they were using heroin. I mean, that, that was just part of it. And it was not, you know, it was totally within the protected confidentiality to disclose what you're truly doing. So, um, it, you know, but, using cannabis, using heroin. I mean, we don't, I, I don't yet know somebody would have to really correct me. I don't think there's a beneficial use of heroin um, in terms of healing and rewiring, et cetera. I'm not an expert on that. So I'll, I'll kind of say that I don't know for sure, but I don't think, whereas cannabis, the benefits of you know, medical use of cannabis and recreation, I mean, it's, there's, so you can't really compare and psilocybin is the same thing. I mean, you, put it in, hopefully they won't be scheduled. Um, you know, cannabis psilocybin will be considered the absolute um, gold standard for treating medical and psychological uh, issues and healing and, and growing. 
We are getting there and you and I are doing our part to, to make that happen um, as quickly as, as humanly possible. I know that. Um, yes. So what I also want to ask you, then this, this kind of falls into the same category because um, there are, there's definitely a group of people out there that are, um, that, you know, they, they have a mental health issue that they want to treat or take care of. And they, they don't really like, they don't like using the pharmaceuticals. They, they just either have not been working for them or, or they get bad side effects or, or, or something like that. And they, they want to go this route. Um, but they, for some reason, keep talking and keep researching and keep thinking and never start. And they just, they just, or for some reason, they're, they're, they're reluctant to start. And I'm wondering, like, if we could help some of these people, like, what, what are the reasons? Why would somebody be so interested and be, you know, pretty convinced that this is going to really change their life, but then they're just afraid to take that next step, which is to secure the product, secure the medicine and begin dosing it or ingesting it. I, I still would love to help this group of people get going. Again, this is not medical advice. We're not saying you've got to do this, but if you're on the fence and if you, you're not sure, let's answer some of your questions and, and get you going on it so you don't have to keep procrastinating. You know, and I, I would ask, of course, somebody who's, you know, questioning and, and wondering and, you know, they've done everything and yet they're not starting. What's what's the issue? And, and again, I'm not ever saying to somebody, you need to do this. This is absolutely going to heal all your problems, you know, that I'm not ever wanting to sort of convince. But somebody who seems very convinced and desperately wants to, usually the sitting on the fence probably has to do somewhat with fear, even if they've heard everything's safe it's something new they've never tried before. It's not maybe fully legal and um, there's the historical taboo. So that's that's sort of working on them, even though everything else logically says different. It might not be really logical, but that inner part of us that gets sort of irrationally afraid of something, even though there's absolutely no reason to be, is still kind of working on them. So that's actually what gets rewired um, mm. when they can, you know, do, do mushrooms. My first experience, I, um, you know, had for years done the research and was very comfortable. And yet still the very first microdose, I made a point to take a day away, to be with a friend to, and there was a little, I still had angst, angst about it. I was like, it's totally safe. I know what I'm doing. And yet there was this sort of like, I'm about to do this thing that I know is going to be wonderful, but it's new. And that's, it was very helpful, by the way, to say, this, this is going to help me as I was preparing myself. And as I took my capsule and swallowed, you know, and drank my water, I said, I'm, my psyche and the mushrooms, the psilocybin is going to work well together. And I'm doing this for healing. And it's, it's fine. And, and it was, it was life changing. That's actually a really good phrase that I want, I would like everybody to remember, everybody that's in this particular group, at least, that of people that um, are very interested in this, you've done your work, you've done your research, but you just haven't taken that first dose and you keep putting it off and putting it off and, and maybe keep reading more and doing more research. Hey, look, there's, a, there's only so much you can do. You need to, if you're ready for this, you need to just dive into it. But, um, but yeah, saying something like this medicine is, is going to help me it's my friend it's it's going to work and i think that could help a lot denise but also um it seems to me from talking to many people many listeners many people in our group um it seems to be the number one reason that somebody 
is afraid to take that first dose is because they're, they're, they've, they've heard that it can cause anxiety or some weird feeling. And I'm here to say that I've been microdosing for, um, it's, it's, it's coming close to two years now. And even if I would take a little bit of a larger dose, I have, I know everybody's different. I know that, but I have never had anything even close to some type of anxiety uh, 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 I, I just, uh, episode. Um, I've never experienced that. So, um, and, and even if you do, the worst cases, it's still a microdose. And even if you do, it's going to be a little bit, but I don't think you will. But I, I think that seems to be the, the most common reason people are just afraid because they hear, oh, it could cause some anxiety, which it, it generally doesn't. Unless your no. mindset is not correct. Yeah. And I, I would say that the anxiety with microdosing is due to the anxiety, not the psilocybin. So it's separate. So the anxiety is there about starting and microdosing. That's actually what's causing the anxiety. So if somebody experiences anxiety when they're microdosing, it's not the psilocybin. It's their anxiety. So that's why that intention, may this work with me, it's perfectly fine, it's safe. Um, it, it, it really does help. And I just wanna mention on a macrodosing level, people have, it's important set and setting and what you're doing and where you are because people can have, I mean, it's one of the reasons I didn't wanna macrodose because I didn't wanna sort of have some visual experience or enter into some you know, like that ego death, real hero dose. Um, that makes me feel anxious and uncomfortable. I've not done, ever done that. And yet, if we look across the entire planet, it is a rite of passage in certain cultures for young, you know, middle, like kind of uh, just as people are coming of age kind of rite of passage that they do what would be a macro dose. They don't micro dose, they do a macro dose. And it's been for centuries. And if we look at all of that research and data, and it's hard to get the research, but if you look beyond the United States, there's like nothing bad ever happens. And that's a macro dose. So on a micro dose, I just wanna, it's worth repeating, the psilocybin is not gonna cause anxiety. If anything, it's gonna reduce your anxiety. And if you're concerned that you're gonna experience anxiety, then saying that kind of, setting that intention, saying that kind of affirmation uh, the, as you're taking the dose or I, what I did the first time my dose is I kept telling myself, this is, I'm ready, I'm preparing for this. I'm gonna do it on Saturday and it's going to help me. And my anxiety about it is fine, that, that's expected. I'm not gonna try to talk myself out of it. I'm acknowledging it's there. It's not logical. There's nothing that's going to cause anxiety. And that's really within us. So we really want to work with ourselves because the psilocybin is not going to cause anxiety. What you're saying, and I, I, I totally think this is true. It's, it's, it's not the actual medicine, but it's the anxiety that already exists that's causing the anxiety, which you're trying to get rid of by taking this medicine that is supposed to get rid of the anxiety. It's, it's not it's not the medicine itself. Psilocybin just does not, does not cause anxiety. Psilocybin has no anxiety producing properties, especially at that microdosing level. That's kind of what we're saying here, right? So if we look at something like cannabis, there are strains of cannabis that are known to kind of heighten anxiety. Yes, you're 
set mindset about that can also have an effect, but there are certain substances that are known to engender anxiety, especially for some people. So I, I tend to be sensitive about cannabis, so I don't tend to cons consume it because it does make me, um, but what I learned is that my anxiety was from a certain strain. And um, I got a medical card a long time ago here in New York before it was legal. And um, especially during the pandemic when you couldn't you know, go for acupuncture and things that were helping my back, I got the medical card and I said to the pharmacist, the dispensary, I'm very anxious about taking THC because like, I'm really more interested in the CBD. And he said, that's just because just you haven't had the right combination and uh, particular strain. And it actually settled me knowing that, but then he actually gave me the prescription that would help me. And I noticed it was immediately relaxing. So there's like that mindset along with the physiology. But what we know about psilocybin is it does not produce anxiety, especially at the microdosing level. I want to share something else with you, Denise, because we did, we did an episode together. It was, it was a week or two ago, maybe, maybe two weeks ago, something like that. And um, so we, I, I published the podcast, the audio podcast, almost right away, a few couple of days, two, three days later, something like that. But um, I just noticed last night that um, the video never got published. And I, I, what I did, I set a, uh, a schedule. I scheduled it to come out a few days after the audio podcast. And so last night I was just kind of poking around and I saw that this the video never, never got published. So I, I, I tried to manually publish it. And I've got there. My channel is having a little bit of trouble on YouTube because um, I got like a strike against me because of a video. This is really weird. A video that I did almost a year ago on how to make um, how to make psilocybin tea. Now remember this this channel. It's called Microdose You, and and every video, every um, video I put out on YouTube is about microdosing magic mushrooms and psilocybin, uh, the active ingredient in in magic mushrooms. And I've been doing this for you know, quite some time. And somehow the algorithm, they, they must have gone deep into my library and found this one video on how to make psilocybin tea. And they didn't like it. And they removed it and put a strike up against me. So I can't, I'm like, I'm in like YouTube jail. Nothing can, nothing can be done. So I can't, um, I can't add comments. I can't put up new videos. It's, I'm, I'm really down on YouTube. So um, my point, one of my points is, if anybody's watching this on YouTube, which this will eventually get to YouTube once the strike wears off, the strike expires, um, I'm going to recommend that you at least learn a little bit about the audio podcast that's on Apple. You know, it's on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's it's called the same Microdose U, um, but they're they don't do the things that YouTube does. YouTube has gotten really, really difficult. I wanted to tell you about that as well, because you might've been wondering, well, how come he never, how come he never put that video up? What, he didn't like it. No, I loved it. It was great. And it, I want to get it up there, but YouTube is killing me. It's funny you mentioned that because it didn't occur to me to ask you. I was sort of looking for it. I, I immediately listened to the audio. Um, that's easy for me to do while I'm doing other things, but I wanted to also see the video. It's helpful to watch and see what's going on and, and learn about yourself. And uh, that's part of me. I've been rewiring is um, my ability to watch myself and learn from, from appearances on uh, podcasts, et cetera. So it, I was wondering if somehow I like miss, I'm like, where is that? Where is that? So that, that, that explains that question. And, and I do, um, you know, I, I, I'm on a lot of um, 
committees and forums like all over um, related to psilocybin and microdosing specifically. And it's amazing how much is published out there and um, just so available like how to grow mushrooms or how, how to make the tea or where to get the training. And, and it, it may not come through YouTube and maybe that's why it's not getting sanctioned so much, um, but it's, it's very public information. It's very, I am always getting invitations to, um, you know, go to this training program or consult to this particular committee and um, advocacy here in New York. So it's just sort of odd. Um, it reminds me of something uh, in another one of the Facebook uh, sites, not the Microdose U, where someone said, you know, we have to be careful because Facebook will sanction if they see something. So it's, um, you know, regulations and algorithms and different reasons why. And I don't know, I, I, I'd like the world to be a little rewired with a lot of these things. <laughs> I can dream. You know, it's the, um, so, so the way they, the way YouTube gives you a strike on a video and, and they're always monitoring your channel very carefully is I'm sure it's all about some type of algorithm or AI that goes in and somehow they're able to, you know, establish what the video is about by title and description. And they're probably even able to go into the video itself and, and see what's going on in the video. Like you can't, you can't, Put a porn video up on YouTube, but name it um, Snow White, and and you know they're gonna they're gonna be onto that. So I, I got this message from YouTube that you know my channel has a strike against it. It's not a good thing. So, but it says you can you can um, contest this. You can you can give us you can you you know you can challenge it, which I did last night. Um, and I and they only give you like a hundred characters. You can't really say a whole lot. So I said I said something like, "Hey, look, guys, you know psilocybin is." Um, is becoming mainstream. It's it's legal and and decriminalized in many areas. Please rewatch my video. They get, they actually got back to me within the hour, and they said we've come up with a decision. And I'm reading and I'm reading. I'm saying, oh great, great. They said we're very sorry, but we we have to stick by what we said. We, this is not allowed on YouTube. And I'm thinking like, if this video we're doing right now ever gets to YouTube, I just want to say something to YouTube, and I'm going to try to say something that um, maybe that it will escape the algorithm. And the because I'm going to say you guys are a bunch of schmucks. Use a few Yiddish words there that probably the algorithm won't be able to pick up. The audio podcast that I'm doing is is seems very healthy, and 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 Apple and whoever whatever platform don't seem to care. Um, but YouTube, for some reason, they've got their they've got their attitude and, and their rules, and it is it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah, it may you know I know so little about this, and it does suck because the 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 people that suffer. I mean, it's frustrating. It's, it's enraging, it's all of those things, but the, the people who are ultimately going to suffer are the people who are seeking healing. And so now they won't be able to access, like I couldn't access the video or they could, you know, they won't be able to on YouTube. So I, you know, I don't know the first thing about YouTube and, and where that came from and who controls it, but you know, like Netflix must not have the same controls because you can go on Netflix and watch all about you know, psych, you know, psychedelics and psilocybin and how to make the, how to do this. I mean, there's, you know, Michael Pollan's books. I mean, you, you can go just, just enter in. And this really makes me curious because I'm just thinking when I've watched like James Fadiman, um, you know, big in microdosing and Paul Stamets, big in microdosing and they're in this country and their YouTube stuff, it's all over YouTube. That's how I end up watching some of it. It's 
I, I, it that, just it, it doesn't make sense. Do you do you know about that? But absolutely. I mean, that's what I okay. So I think with YouTube, I think you can go like we can talk about it like we're doing now. We can talk about it, but I think showing the actual. In other words, you couldn't have like a plate full of magic mushrooms and say these are magic mushrooms. Here's which here's how you eat them. I don't think you could do you. You can't show them. So I think with the video, I was I was explaining how to just steep steep a tea bag put the put the ground up magic mushrooms in a tea bag and steep now, now look if the i hope the robot doesn't catch me saying this one because it's not what, hey youtube that's not what this video is about don't strike me on this one i'm going to come back at you if you strike me on this one but um i was explaining like a process and i think that the process is what they don't want to hear you i think you can talk about them all day and all night but you can't show them or say exactly how to use them i think that might be more like it but i'm not I even see. sure i think I, I don't even know i'm not even sure yeah yeah so that's that's my struggle struggle with youtube and uh, that's why I'm, I'm sharing this because if you're watching this on youtube now you might want to consider there's probably more available to you on the audio podcast these days just because youtube just doesn't allow us to put stuff up that we think could be important or, or very helpful to people but um they they won't allow it so that's that's where we mm -hmm. that's where we are and i want to just share my share my little struggle with with you and everybody out there that could be listening or watching as well unfortunate but yeah, you know, yeah. we work around it until yeah. it's a thing of the past at some some point people go really you can't just go you couldn't gee when when you were younger you couldn't just go on youtube and see how to grind up mushrooms or do this or do that like that's where we go now you know like hey look, i remember when i was in high school they had a book that came out about cannabis about marijuana um it was one of the first ones that i ever knew and it, it's how it's how i learned almost everything i knew about cannabis in those days i mean i was like what, 17 years old and i bought this book called it's i wonder if it's still in print it's called a child a child's garden of grass but i think there was, there was something called a child's a child's garden of it was like maybe it was maybe a bunch of poems let me see if i can um a child's yeah. garden i just now i've got to, i've got to figure this out shall a, a child's garden of verses oh by wow. um by, by robert louis stevenson okay that, okay so um and it was like you know a, a kids book a really cool kids book with a lot of different you know i guess poems and stories and things like that so somebody had a, a takeoff on that a child's garden of grass which was beautiful beautiful takeoff on that title and it was it was a great book i gotta really check that out to see if it's i'd like to go back and reread that but i'm sure it's all all old because you know back in those days it was like there was one strain basically and it was like dirt weed and everybody got it and, you had to use a ton of it to get high, but yes. things are so different these days. But yes. uh, it was fun. It was anyway. Yeah. My point. Yeah. My my point was that that book went into print. Nobody nobody said we can't. We're not going to allow that. We're going to censor that book. That was a book that was available to the mainstream. So why can't YouTube do this? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just voicing my frustration. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But it, it brings to mind um, also. It is frustrating, and I'm thinking like on Amazon. Amazon and YouTube must be different in terms of, you know, I really don't know the first thing about who promotes, you know, where, where the things come from, whatever, but the, you can go on Amazon and order anything and everything about how to grow, how to microdose, how to, all of this, um, it's very available to, you know, all that information is available. So it's, hey, um, look, you 
could probably go on Amazon and get find a book on how to how to murder your next door neighbor and never get caught. I mean, you probably could. I don't know. Just, that's kind of sick. But in other words, I think probably anything goes. But um, YouTube, they've got to be politically correct. The, God okay. forbid, God forbid, somebody's going to learn how to make psilocybin tea. Uh, that's going to change their life. It's going to ruin their whole life. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. listen. So we'll I, think, I, I think we'll. I think we're going to close the show. Let's do it again sometime soon, Denise. I really uh, appreciate you, Dr. Moret, and um, you're welcome. You're welcome anytime. Thank you so much for having me. I I enjoy being here, and I love hearing from uh, listeners, which I sometimes get directly from them, uh, that they find it particularly helpful and. Um, you know, to get that feedback directly from your listeners that are tuning in when I'm on the show is, is wonderful. So I, I love to be here and thank you so much. You're very welcome. We will see you next time. And thanks everybody. Thanks for being with us. And um, we'll definitely be back soon. I, I can't promise YouTube uh, anytime soon, but we'll be back with you as soon as we can. See you later. See you next time.